pad. The ball is free. Denver's got it. Touchdown, Denver. Here's your host of Locked On Broncos, NFL analyst Cody Rourke. Country, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Broncos. This is your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and writer for PredominantlyOrange.com, covering all things Denver Broncos in the National Football League. Tonight's episode of Locked On Broncos, we're going to talk about Shane Ray's fifth-year option that is coming up for the Denver Broncos. They have a deadline whether or not they want to exercise it or not, which will leave, obviously, the Broncos' hopes for Shane Ray up in the air. We're going to talk about that. Obviously, a big part of that is the decision for the Broncos to draft Bradley Chubb in the first round of this year's NFL draft. In our second segment of tonight's show, we're going to look at some potential position battles at training camp. And that's something that we look forward to, obviously, as the coming months approach us. And lastly, in our final segment of tonight's show, we're going to answer your Twitter questions, part of our Twitter Tuesday segment where you, the listeners, sent in your takes, your thoughts, and your analysis, all part of a high-horse-powered episode of Locked On Broncos. But before we get to our first segment of the show, I wanted to take the time to tell you that if you like listening to Locked On Broncos podcast, please take a few moments to leave a review on iTunes. Your listenership is so important to us, and we are always looking for your feedback. So head on over to iTunes right now and leave a review of Locked On Broncos. So without further ado, let's jump into our first segment. Shane Ray, what is his future with the Denver Broncos? He obviously just took a social media hiatus, faced a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say criticism, there was a lot of stuff going on when the Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb. There were some NFL analysts on ESPN NFL Network that were saying something along the lines of the Broncos weren't happy with Shane Ray's production. It dropped this and that. But I don't think the analysts really mentioned that Shane Ray was injured for a majority of last year. He had that hand injury in camp. That was awful. Uh, he had to have surgery. So at that point, Shane Ray's kind of you know hopes for 2017 were sidelined. He had to have surgery. He lost a lot of weight. Didn't have the opportunity to get in the weight room, get bigger, faster, stronger. And when he came back, it just wasn't enough. You know, ha- not having that grind, that durability that you had for the previous uh, you know eight weeks of the regular season. You have to have that in order to be able to play midway through the NFL uh, season. You know, when he came back in Week Eight against the Kansas City Chiefs. So. Right now, Shane Ray is awaiting word from the Broncos as to whether or not they will pick up his fifth-year option following the 2018 regular season. Now, the Denver Broncos drafted Bradley Chubb with the fifth overall pick in this year's 2018 NFL Draft, and Vance Joseph said Bradley Chubb will play outside linebacker opposite of Von Miller. So, with that being said... Where does this leave Shane Ray or Shaquille Barrett? Both pass rushers. And I said it uh, probably five or six months ago that the Denver Broncos would be primed to have a very difficult decision to make with both Shane Ray and Shaquille Barrett. I don't think you can keep both of these guys long-term after next season because Denver Broncos have Von Miller. They have Bradley Chubb now. And both Shane Ray and Shaquille Barrett have been very productive for the Denver Broncos. But how do you keep these guys without them you know, necessarily wanting a paycheck? Because both these guys are going to deserve it. Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray, they're going to get it paid. Another team that needs a pass rusher will definitely pay for them to come be their pass rusher if the opportunity to present itself. And a few years ago, the Cleveland Browns were heavily interested in Shaquille Barrett. And, and so when we look at this whole situation with Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb has the option to play as a defensive end in a five technique 
And he also has the option to play as an outside linebacker. I imagine we're going to see both, but so does Shane Ray. Shane Ray, Shaquille Barrett can also play defensive end in a five technique or a stand-up seven. I mean, it's possible. Or if you have a tight end on your side, you line up in a six eye. Uh, for those of you that don't understand what I'm saying, I tweeted out a reference link yesterday to what the defensive line alignments are based on the offensive line. It shows you the diagram. I'm happy to answer some of your guys' questions with that. But Shaquille Barrett, Shane Ray, they have some different options in 2018. Now, Another thing that makes this very interesting with Shane Ray is the Broncos also awarded Auburn outside linebacker, undrafted free agent Jeff Holland. They awarded him a $15,000 signing bonus, which indicates that they do see a lot of promise in Holland and what he can be as a versatile outside backer that can also play as a defensive end. Now, let's take a look at Shane Ray's production. In 2016, he had 46 tackles. He had eight sacks in 16 games. He's very dominant opposite of Von Miller. The defense was playing phenomenal, but the offense for the Broncos couldn't keep them off the field. Uh, he sustained an injury in training camp, like I said, in 2017. That required him to have the surgery. That injury had sidelined him from training camp all the way up until week eight against Kansas City on Monday Night Football. He lost weight. That impacted his ability to be stronger with the pass rush. He was limited with one hand on his pass rush, you know, uh, bull rushing moves and, and quick spin moves. He could only use one hand, and you can notice that on film several times. I encourage you to go back on the game tape and check out some of the things there that we noticed with Shane Ray using one hand on his pass rush rather than two. It was something that I think really hindered his production and he was better as a pass rusher, but he gave up a lot of stuff in the run game, especially underneath in the contain. That's where Shaquille Barrett was a lot better. Now, I think a big indication how Shane Ray plays in 2018 will be a huge indicator as to whether or not the Denver Broncos will decide to pick his option up in 2018. And I think that's something that we're going to keep an eye on over here at Lockdown Broncos. So tweet me your thoughts. What do you think about Shane Ray? From what I am being told, the Broncos are rumored to be leaning towards not exercising his fifth-year option, which will leave him primed to test free agency following the 2018 regular season. What are your thoughts on that? Tweet me at Cody Rourke NFL. So coming up next, we're going to talk about which position battles at training camp excite us the most over here at Lockdown Broncos. But before we get to that, I want to take the time to present you and your company with a sponsorship opportunity. Now, if you or your company are interested in reaching a target audience of men between the ages of 18 and 44, well, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Now, Locked On Broncos is listened to by 98% of men and 80% of men between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want to promote your service or your product here on Locked On Broncos that will reach men between the age bracket of 18 and 44 years of age, this is is your spot. Plus, our rates for sponsorship are reasonable. Please email me at DenverBroncosLockedOn at gmail.com to find out more. Once again, that's DenverBroncosLockedOn at gmail.com. Don't forget that coming up in our final segment of tonight's show, we will be answering your questions and thoughts for our Twitter Tuesday segment. But we're going to jump into training camp and some potential position battles that really have me excited for the Denver Broncos. I'm excited for training camp. We'll be there. Lockdown Broncos will be there. If you're going to be at training camp this summer, shoot me a Twitter message. Shoot me a mention. Let me know you're going to be there. I would love to meet up with Broncos fans. And, you know, I'm, we might set up remote. We might set up a remote radio broadcast somewhere near, maybe a sports bar, and we can have a Lockdown Broncos live interactive thing with the fans. Very excited about that, so stay tuned for that. But some of the position battles that we're going to look at have to do with wide receiver. Now, we talked about it yesterday. The Broncos drafted Cortland Sutton out of SMU with their pick. 
And I think him versus Carlos Henderson for that number three wide receiver position is going to be something we need to keep an eye on. Now, here's why. In 2017, the Denver Broncos expected Carlos Henderson, when they drafted him out of you know Louisiana Tech, to be a Tyreek Hill type of weapon for their offense, a versatile guy you can run on jet sweep, jet motion. But last year in training camp, Henderson had struggled with catching the ball and also fielding kicks. His confidence was very, very shaken, and it was very noticeable in the Broncos' first preseason season game against Chicago. Now I'll tweet the video out after this episode is posted. When you're listening to this, go to my Twitter feed. You'll see what I'm talking about. But against Chicago, he fumbled his first kickoff attempt picked it back up, and only gained about four yards following the recovery of it. That's all we pretty much saw of Carlos Henderson because he ended up hurting his thumb. He had to have surgery. He was done for the rest of the year. Combine last year's performance in training camp, preseason, and the injury. Combine that with the offseason arrest that he had this summer for marijuana possession and consumption. It will take a near-perfect training camp, in my opinion, in order for him to beat out Sutton. Now, Sutton is young, big, and freakishly athletic, and his confidence hasn't appeared to be a problem for him on tape. One thing we will watch in training camp is if Sutton can carry over that confidence into NFL practices where you have defensive backs playing very physical with you, beating you up, playing a lot of press coverage, disguise. My prediction is that Sutton will be the Denver Broncos number three wide receiver following training camp. We also have to keep an eye on Deshaun Hamilton out of Penn State and Jordan Taylor as some wild card factors that I believe could see some playing time this year for the Denver Broncos. Now, Jordan Taylor is currently recovering from double hip surgery. He will face competition at returning punts and kicks in 2018 as well. We'll get to that in just a moment, the return game. But the next position that really excites me for a camp battle is Royce Freeman versus Devontae Booker versus D'Angelo Henderson. Now, for the first time in about several years, the Denver Broncos have a position battle at running back. After the Denver Broncos released C.J. Anderson, it really opened the door up for Devontae Booker and D'Angelo Henderson to get on the field. But, however... With the addition of Royce Freeman in the draft, the running back position will be very competitive. The Broncos don't just have to choose one player to carry the ball. The NFL has evolved over the last couple of years. They have options with all three of these tailbacks. Each running back has a different set of skills. Royce Freeman is the fast and the physical tailback. Devontae Booker is the hard, hit-the-hole type of back who must show less hesitation when getting the ball this season than he did last year. And D'Angelo Henderson is the absolute wildcard factor who, in my opinion, is a threat out of the backfield receiving as he is bursting through small creases on the defensive line. Obviously, offensive line play will be a big indicator in any of these options producing for the Denver Broncos. But I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bill Musgrave utilize all three of these tailbacks in different ways. And I'm very excited to see what Royce Freeman can bring to the table for the Denver Broncos. And I'm hoping that Devontae Booker can have a very solid year. There was a lot of question marks with Booker and and being tough. Before the Miami game, apparently he had the stomach flu and he took his pads off. And, and, you know, local media was pretty hard on him on that. You know, I don't know the situation entirely, so I can't sit up here on my microphone, my platform, and bash a player for that. I don't know what's going on. I just know that Devontae Booker, one thing he needs to do better is hit the hole and don't hesitate to hit it. Hit it and run through it. And when we've seen him do it, he's been very productive, very successful. He didn't fumble the ball hardly ever last year, which in his first year, he had his first carry in the National Football League. It was a fumble against the Carolina Panthers. He's come a long way since then, but it's going to be an interesting battle at tailback. Like I said, they don't have to just pick one guy. They
they can utilize it the way that you know the Atlanta Falcons utilize Coleman and Freeman down there you know a two-headed monster and you, you know New Orleans Melvin Ingram Alvin Kamara they have the ability to fluctuate those guys and I think the Broncos can do the same thing here now on the defensive side of the ball, here's a position battle that really is intriguing to me because we don't know a lot about these two players. Now, it's going to be Marcus Rios versus Brendan Langley for the number three cornerback position, or obviously a rotation in the nickel spot. Despite the Broncos drafting Isaac Yadam, the Broncos secondary has a battle between both Marcus Rios and Brennan Langley. Now, last year, Brennan Langley was a camp favorite, but he struggled during the regular season, and we call it baptism by fire. Langley was forced to cover Amari Cooper and Corderell Patterson following the ejection of Keith Lieb against Oakland, and Langley gave up a touchdown to Amari Cooper, and he also gave up a big third and 15 conversion late in the game to Corderell Patterson that sealed the game for Oakland. These two will battle it out for the spot rotating in the nickel and on special teams. The Broncos have a big void to fill at the number three cornerback position. And in my opinion, these two players will battle it out for a chance. Now the Broncos, you know, they they have a new defensive backs coach. Greg Williams, in my opinion, going back over the years, having a conversation, he's done a phenomenal job in his career of developing young cornerbacks. And he did that in Indianapolis over the last two years. And I think he's very excited about the guys that he has in his meeting room. I know I'm excited about the guys he has in his meeting room. He's got a lot of personality in there, a lot of energetic, uh, enthusiastic guys. Bradley Roby, also who just turned 26, by the way, happy birthday, Bradley Roby. You know, he's going to be a guy that's playing for a contract this year, a phenomenal guy. Broncos are going to extend him, I believe. And I look forward to that. But uh, the, the, I would have to say this one was the surprise position battle that we talked about. Now, Paxton Lynch versus Chad Kelly. Now, in 2018, the Broncos will finally, we won't have a controversy at the quarterback position. I'm so excited about that. Case Keenum will be the two-year starter for now in Denver. And John Elway opened up about Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly competing against each other for the backup quarterback spot. At this point, Lynch has struggled two seasons in a row, beating out seventh-round draft pick Trevor Simeon. Chad Kelly was a first- to third-round talent that dropped due to being in trouble with the law, having some off-the-field issues, and he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant the last pick in the NFL draft by the Broncos. It was almost uncertain really what Chad Kelly's future was with the Denver Broncos, what it would be outside of maybe practice squad, but now it appears that Kelly has a chance to break the mold and become a backup quarterback in the NFL. Now one thing is for certain though, I think Kelly is a very competitive and talented player, and I think that Paxton really has to turn it on. This is a key battle that we will be looking at extensively throughout training camp because Paxton Lynch once again is at the center of a quarterback position battle. Chad Kelly is a talented quarterback, very athletic, has the ability to make big throws, has a huge arm. If Paxton Lynch gets intimidated by that, Paxton Lynch will no longer be in the running for the Denver Broncos, I believe. I believe if Chad Kelly can beat out Paxton Lynch, the Broncos may look to trade Paxton Lynch, but that's just my opinion. There's nothing substantial on that. That's just my take on that. Also, one more key defensive position that I'm really looking forward to is Sua Cravens against Will Parks for that safety dime spot. Now, Will Parks, in my opinion, he's grown as a player in his first two seasons in the National Football League. He saw a lot more action in 2017, and I believe he took the next step every single year. He played nickel corner in certain packages, most notably Week 17 against the Kansas City Chiefs. First series, you could see him lining up on the outside of the tight end in the 
corner spot. I think he's going to do a lot of different things. He's got the ability to cover versatile tight ends. I think it's imperative that he approaches training camp with the same will to work that he has for two consecutive seasons. Now, Cravens, he comes in as a huge offseason pickup for the Denver Broncos. Now, Cravens' potential as a player is exciting, and it also had many Redskins fans infuriated at the front office for letting him go for practically nothing the Denver Broncos received him for. Now, Cravens has to earn a spot, though, in training camp. We're going to see him compete at safety, but we also see him compete and line up as a dimebacker in certain patch passing situations. This is another exciting matchup that I look forward to seeing unfold in training camp. Now, before we get to our Twitter Tuesday segment, our final segment of the night, if you want some enemy intel on AFC West division rival, I highly recommend that you go check out Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark's Locked On Chiefs podcast. Now, they keep you up to date with the latest enemy intel. They bring you the latest news, analysis, and speculation regarding the AFC West and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's Ryan Tracy, Chris Clark, over there at Locked On Chiefs. Go check them out. So we're jumping into our Twitter Tuesday segment. I want to thank everybody who sent me their tweets with their Broncos takes, their questions, their thoughts. We're going to go over it right here, right now, before we get off air here. Now, the first question I get comes from Bo Vice. He says, what D-line player do you think is the most likely to be released from the team? I expect Holland to make the roster based on his versatility. That leaves somebody out. Who, in your opinion, is the odd man out? Now, this is a great question. Thank you for sending it to Locked On Brock as part of Twitter Tuesday. In my opinion, I believe that Adam Gotsis and or Zach Kerr are both candidates to be cut from the defensive line this year. Adam Gotsis, based on the legal issues he's facing right now, not a lot known on that situation currently. And Zach Kerr, really just along the lines of health and durability. Now, with the addition of Jeff Holland, a guy who could play defensive end as well as outside backer, Bradley Chubb, you have the option to move Shane Rache, kill Barrett to outside linebacker as well. You have options at that position, essentially, that some of those guys I don't really see coming out. You have Shelby Harris, a guy who I think is going to make the team. He's a big pickup for the Broncos, has the ability to fluctuate between a you know a three technique and also, I think, a two-eye or a one technique. He can have the opportunity to do that given different schemes, different sets. I like Shelby Harris a lot, but the odd man out, in my opinion, is Adam Gotsis, Zach Kerr. Those are guys I could see likely being cut. Now, the next question comes from Mile High Memories. He sent in two questions here. He said, what do you think the new defense will look like, sub packages, etc.? Now, I would really project that the Broncos defense, we will see a lot of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on the outside. Derek Wolf at the end. Domitab Pekko at nose tackle and at one technique or a two-eye. And we can see Shane Ray or Shaquille Barrett play DN in certain packages. Even Jeff Holland and Bradley Chubb in certain situations. I think we're going to see Brandon Marshall and Todd Davis in an inside backer. I'd expect we could see Josie Jewell sometimes in passing situations. Or we could see Sua Cravens as a dime linebacker on key passing downs. I'd almost imagine that Darian Stewart will play primarily on key running situations and Denver may flex to Simmons, Parks, or Cravens on passing downs and obviously Chris Harris and Roby on the outside. I believe that either Rios or Tremaine Brock are going to be the slot corner for the Denver Broncos covering the inside. I think those are the two guys, two options there. I think the defense will look new. I think it'll be nasty this year. I look forward to seeing it on paper right now. It looks good, but obviously that has to translate onto the playing field. Now, Mile High Memory's second question was, which undrafted free agents in your opinion, do you believe have the best shot at making the team and why? And also, are there any veteran tight end possibilities in free agency? Now, 
Thank you for this question. This is a great question. I kind of alluded to it a little bit in yesterday's episode of Locked On Broncos, but I have a strong feeling that three undrafted free agents, I think, can make the team. Now, I think Philip Lindsay, CU running back, I think he can make the team for the Broncos as a returner or a special teams type player. Broncos have a lot of depth at running back. I don't see him really competing for a starting spot on the running back rotation, but you never know. It could be a surprise, but I do anticipate we will see him compete as a returner. That's the word around Dove Valley right now. Jeff Holland, another guy, undrafted free agent, outside linebacker from Auburn. Broncos love his versatility to both him and Lindsey had received signing bonuses of $15,000 on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. So that goes to tell you that the Denver Broncos see a lot of potential in these two players. And then my last guy is Trey Marshall, safety out of Florida State. I think the reason these three have the best shot of making the roster is because Lindsey, like I said, a candidate in the return game. Jeff Holland, versatile, can play D-end outside backer. He showcased that at Auburn. And, he, and I think that, uh, you know, Trey Marshall... He can be a special teams guy. I don't think he'll play much safety this year, but he's very athletic and he's very physical. And I think he'll more than likely be a standout player on special teams or may sit on the practice squad for 2018. Those were all the questions that I really received on Twitter today for our Twitter Tuesday segment. Next week, same thing, Twitter Tuesday. We'll bring it again. Be sure to send me your uh, tweets, your thoughts, your analysis on all things Denver Broncos. We'll be back next Tuesday with another Twitter Tuesday edition, but we'll be back for another episode of Locked On Broncos tomorrow here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So that will be it for tonight's show. I want to thank all of you who listen to the show every single day, who tweet at me, who follow the show. Please head over to iTunes right now if you have a moment. Leave a review of the show if you like listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, one of the best Denver Broncos sources for news and analysis on the podcast world. Podcasts are taking over sports radio. Thank you for being with me on this journey. I had a lot of great feedback, and somebody tweeted to me today that they like the podcast because it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point. Always love the feedback like that. So thank you so much for that. Don't forget, leave a review of the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. Follow me, predominantlyorange.com, for the latest news, analysis, on all things Denver Broncos with a great staff covering the orange and blue. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Broncos. Wednesday news, whatever's going on in Broncos country, you will find out about it first here on Locked On Broncos. So this is your host, Cody Rourke. Thank you so much. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Megaphone, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a featured sponsor here on the podcast, email me, DenverBroncosLockedOn at gmail.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Broncos!